I'm Scott. This is Gavin. And I'm Craig. This is going to be great. Pointless podcast bollocks. Can't you just try and enjoy yourself? I'm not keen on dogs with tails. Craig, what are you talking about? Sick of him, and I'm sick of you. Chill the fuck out, man. <laughs> Jeez, I'm scared to say anything now in case I sound like another Jim Henson creation. Talking bollocks again, are we, Scott? I had a goldfish called Pete for 23 years. It wasn't the same fish, you just bought a new one every time it died. I know, that's what I mean. Welcome to Major's Mess Hall. Right, go on, switch that off. Come on. Welcome to Major's Mess Hall. Episode 58 with me as always is Gavin hey. and Craig. Craig? I repeat, yeah. and Craig. Yeah, I... And myself, hell. Scott. And uh, we're glad you're joining us. we got a big episode today. A very uh, big episode. Talk- we're talking to someone who literally does not do interviews with people or magazines or, you know, you know her as Lucy on uh, Trailer Park Boys. And, uh, yeah, guys, Lucy Decatur. Lucy Decatur. We've been practicing to say her name correctly because I used to say Decortier, which is completely wrong. And she thought that was funny, that the way I was saying it. So I'm glad she wasn't offended. But it's it's Decatur as far as I can gather, as far as we can gather. But, uh, yeah. yeah, she came on. I, I met her at the Taggart and Torrance show where, when I went to see them in uh, Halifax when they filmed the uh, the, the TV show uh, pilot. And she was there unexpectedly, and I asked, we got talking, and she did a jingle for us, and then I just randomly asked her, would you be interested in coming on the podcast? And she, I was surprised, but she said, yeah, because she really isn't in the spotlight anymore. So she came on the podcast, didn't really know what to expect, and there's a lot of things that we weren't really going to bring up, but she brought them up, and we discussed them, and it was wonderful. Like, she's such a nice woman. We had a really good chat with her. Like, it was, essentially, it was two hours long, uh, unedited, and, I mean, me and Scott just had the time of our lives talking. We were laughing and joking, and it was great. It was really interesting, and um, I've always liked Lucy as an actress on the show anyway, and uh, she's always been one of my favourite characters uh, well, not characters, but actor, actors on the show, and uh, and that talk, talking to her just confirms how, how wonderful she is. So, uh, yeah, it was great. You know, and a lot of what you're going to hear isn't normally discussed on our show. I mean, it's very deep. Some of it's dark, but it's all very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. You know, hearing from her perspective of what's been going on in her life. And I, I really had a great time, and uh, hopefully we get to see her in May, like she said. And uh, the, the the stuff that we discuss, and th- that's kind of uh, not really out there in the media, like it's been it's been reported incorrectly. So she kind of irons it out, basically, and, and gives us a scoop on how things are. So that was interesting to us because we didn't know that until we spoke to her. So I'm not going to ruin it. I'll let you guys listen to it. Um, Craig, I'm going to let you do the introduction to the interview because you need to speak on this episode at least more than two seconds. So I'll let you do the intro, mate, whenever you're ready. Episode 58, go. I want to just first off say your second name. Dickater. Dickater. 
think it's a perfect. So here's the interview with uh, Lucy Dicate, who plays Lucy. Uh, I wasn't here again because uh, uh, <laughs> I don't like doing interviews. So uh... fucking hell. What? All you'd have to say is, mate, to make you not sound like a prick is, uh, I wasn't there for this because it was really late in England when they recorded it. And then you don't look like a twat. Carry oh, on. Did I say that? I yeah. admire your honesty. Oh, yeah. Uh, so do that again. Yeah, do it again. So here's the interview with Lucy Decatur, who plays Lucy. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> That's true, Look though. Oh, yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have told him that. I'd love to see what he says. Oh, that, we've got an interview with Lucy Dicate who plays who plays Ethel. Go on, Merman. Right. So here's the interview with Lucy Dicate who plays Lucy on Trail Park Boys. Yeah. Sadly, I wasn't there. It was, it was quite late back in England, so I couldn't do it. Liar. So here it is. <laughs> okay, episode, go on. So here it is. Episode. Episode 56. Fuck no. Guess no. again. 58. Correct. Bang yeah. on the money, mate. Well done. Should we make him do that again, Scott, or just go into it? No, I'll just go into it, Okay, man. here's the interview with Lucy Dicatur. Lucy! Yo, 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 jamming on the one. What, what? What's going on, Lucy? Whenever I say jamming on the one, it refers to the Cosby show, and like that, that's not a super kosher reference anymore. Yeah, not anymore, no. <laughs> Maybe I mean, two guess, years ago. Well, actually, when you think about it, it was never a kosher reference if you know what was happening. Yeah, that's true. So there is that great thanks bill fucker <laughs> um i'm putting in headphones so that the mic is maybe a little bit tighter okay you know what i'm saying yep so not that you i don't know if you'll notice the difference no that is better that's i think that's yeah, better. It sounds closer how about now what are you saying you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah no that way is that better yep better. really good so, so hi we, we ready to start ready. this we yeah. I mean, I feel like it already. Yeah. I think I feel like it already started. Well, I, you know, I mean, we we start recording now, though. But, sure. But just to let you know, if, if there's anything that you're like iffy on and you want, you know, don't want in the show, just let us know. I'll and just tell you to go fuck yourself. It's yeah, really simple. Just say that. That's perfect, and we'll just yeah, and we oh, will do that. Absolutely. I mean, so, and I'll talk about anything as long as it's you know cool. It's always it's always cool with us. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't Lucy cool? I meant so. Depends on who you talk to, really. <laughs> so, all right, let me get this started. Welcome to Major's Mess. Oh, I'm Scott. I'm in Chicago. And with me, as always, is Gavin and our special guests today. Please forgive me for the last name pronunciation, but we got Lucy Decatur. Not bad. He's been practicing it, though, to be fair. He didn't, he didn't just uh, get that straight off the bat. He's been practicing. Okay, so how did you how did you practice? I, I kind of like sounded it out because I heard the the little jingle you gave Gavin at, at uh, 
at Jonathan's <laughs> show, so I listened to it over and over and over. So then, the creepy Scott. <laughs> no, just just for the pronunciation, because I, I would have thought decoot, you know, like like a coup. Uh, see, I said I said decortier because that that's what it it looks like to me. But I can never pronounce any of these Canadian names properly. But yeah, that sounds well, that sounds French though. It's it was like whenever, but uh, a bunch of wars and some stuff, and uh, so now um, it's sort of been anglicized and changed. <clears throat> and but I mean, you're sounding like you're not just living in Chicago. I think that you you sound like a fucking deep dish pizza. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, he, is, he sounds like Matthew Bro- Broderick, definitely. You, you know what? I don't know if you know the who the group LFO is. No, she went with the yeah, uh, fuck it. So, <laughs> Probably great. They're awesome. But, but they were like a, a 90s band and all that, and they said that they could have swore up and down that they were talking to Matthew Broderick, and I never heard that before. So that that's why he keeps saying that I sound like Matthew Broderick. So <laughs> so how does that, like, so do you crank call Sarah Jessica Parker and try to, like, get her to pick up stuff for you when she's running errands? And then yeah, she'll take it to Matthew, and he'll be like, I didn't ask for fucking a box of shoelaces what the fuck is this you lady and she'll be like you fucking called me and he'll be like man i didn't but it was a call from chicago fucking skull again foiled you just like hit up his like call list and like who else are his pals like oh man who else is i i don't even know the woman who played his girlfriend in Ferris Bueller's Days Off, they're probably still tight. You could call her and be like, it's Matthew. Can you come to my birthday? It's on Thursday. <laughs> and his birthday is clearly on Saturday. So it'll be like, what? There's no party. It's so awkward. <laughs> I mean, you can also do other shit with your life. So. <laughs> so <laughs> but I, I just got to tell you, it's an honor to have you with us, you know, and, uh, that's kind of you to say. No, it truly is, you know, because, like, I like to do my research on people. and Scott also and... likes to kiss ass, so this is, like, the first ta- first of many times that you'll say how wonderful it is to have you on the show. So just enjoy <laughs> it. Know. Just embrace it. <laughs> I love I love my co-host here. <laughs> so, but, uh, love. Since, since leaving a small screen and, and a big screen, too, what have you, what's been going on in your life? Well, um, I mean, I will be on the screen in perpetuity throughout the universe until the end of time because of the wonders of the Internet. Um, But I have to say that I'm not great at walking away from situations or people like at all. But I guess over the last couple of years, it's this has been a skill that I've sort of developed out of just basically illness. And so. And when I say illness, um, you know, I was in the center of a very big sexual assault case in Canada, which is like the Canadian version of the Cosby situation. And it was totally gutting and wrecked me physically and not psychologically, but psychically. And so um, and a big part of that was was leaving Trailer Park Boys because I decided to leave because um, I became aware that one of my coworkers was violent and I can't, couldn't be around it because I, I couldn't like work, continue to work with him without condoning the very thing that the person that I had taken to court had been accused of 
And so I was like, okay, I am going to peace out. And the ramifications from that were so big that I don't miss it. When I say ramifications, the I kind of didn't know how popular the show was. That might sound strange, but we make it in the summer and then we go do our things and then the show goes out into the world and people consume it in their experiences. But it's not the biggest part of my year. The biggest part of my year is like always other things because it only takes 30 days to shoot, 30 business days. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and my experience with the show, it's like your experience making a pizza for some friends, <laughs> back to the Chicago thing, and then <laughs> you send it to them and they eat it. And they're like, fuck, man, that pizza was great. We ate it. We had leftovers. We lasted for a week. And you're like, oh, my God, I forgot I made that. So um, when I left the show, the there was a lot of people who were un- understood why I left. And, and, and there were also thousands of people who not only felt like, me leaving was a bad idea, but they wrote to me and in no uncertain terms explained to me why it was good that I left by saying things like, you're a used up old cunt and don't deserve to be on the show anymore. You deserve to be raped so that you know what it feels like. Uh, death threats, um, talking about how I ruined the show, how I ruined the people who worked on the show's lives, how I am a liar and don't deserve any kind of happiness and i'm like oh man like i'm just trying to do my daily business how do you how do you deal with with that though because i I seen some of the and i still do see these comments that come up on twitter and things like that how how do you deal with that (laughs) um i didn't deal with it in a way that was constructive and what i mean by that was because of the publicity that came from testifying against shion gameshi um, I felt like I had to leave my social media wide open because I wanted to, to be clear that I didn't have anything to hide, that I didn't have any secrets, and that I was trying to be as transparent as possible. That choice was good to a degree for certain kinds of things. However, and it did invite people to disclose the most horrible thing that ever happened to them that formed them as an adult, yeah. disclosures of childhood rape by family members, boyfriends, friend friends, strangers, and people who found that hearing about how this case played out informed their decisions about going to the police, not going to the police, telling friends and family about secrets that they had carried with them for decades in certain cases. But what also came with that was accessibility by people who have nothing better to do than to imagine how they can ruin my day. And now these were predominantly men, and they were probably men who, for whatever reason, felt like they had insight into a situation about which they had no, or with which they had no real connection. They didn't know me, they didn't know Gian Gameshi, they didn't know Mike Smith, they didn't know anybody. And they made up these things based on their own insecurities being mirrored back, or their own crimes being mirrored back, or their own secrets being mirrored back. And on an academic level and from an intellectual perspective, I understand that these are defensive tactics. And when you see what's happening with the Trump administration and all of the sort of, can I say, scum that's boiled to the top of the pot, you can see that this undercurrent is quite broad, but ever 
However, I had never been exposed to that. I didn't think this was really a thing until I started reading this stuff. And I was like, I understood that it had nothing to do with me. However, when you read it, like, you know, in the middle of the night, I'll like get up and go have a wee and then go back to bed and be like, oh, did anyone write to me? And there'd be a note from like my niece who'd be like, whatever, or, you know, she sent me a picture of a fucking giraffe that made friends with a duck or something cute. <laughs> and then whatever. And then there'd be a note saying like, you asked for it and you're a racist cunt. I wouldn't fuck you with the end of a broomstick uh, or, or whatever you want. Or um, Mike Smith is the best person and you are trying to ruin his life or Gian Gameshi is innocent and you don't know what you're talking about. And I can tell you that for me, that was problematic because for example, with with some of those cases, um, I talked to other women who had been harmed at the hands of folks that they were holding up and being congratulatory, congratulatory towards. And, and, but I read everything because I felt like I deserved to see it all. I deserved to see the, the people who were offering commendation for shedding my own privacy to stop further supporting with silence the violence that happens against women, especially by men who are in power, who feel impenetrable and for whom these crimes are committed consistently. And, and I know in, in the probably most public case of it, impacted hundreds of women directly. So I could not say anything. And by doing that, the cost privately, personally, professionally, medically has been impactful and profound. And the, you know, and I'll usually read these things if I'm like at home in my jammies. So it's in a vulnerable situation. Absolutely, no one made me read these, except I felt compelled because of my own, you know, deeply seated self-flagellation. So, so candidly, that's how that all played out. Kind of a shit sandwich. And the bonus of this is the men who are in my life on a daily basis with whom I choose to spend time and the women whom I hang around with, who I see or don't necessarily see, the children who try to steal all my shit. Um, (laughs) All of these people have been nothing but super cool and awesome. And face-to-face, strangers who have the balls or chutzpah to talk to me, when they talk about this, they're talking to me about this because something terrible happened to them. I've got a person who works in a shop that I go to all the time, which makes it sound like I'm a shopaholic, but it's a bicycle shop (laughs) somewhere in in Nova Scotia. And a person who works there, I've seen a million times. And she came up to me last week or the week before I was picking up something. And she's like, hey, listen, I never told you. And then she started to fucking cry. And she had something, you know, terrible to happen to her. And she didn't say anything to me about it for two years because she was trying to not say anything. Yeah. Because she knew that I was getting pummeled. Um, so, like, in person, 
people have been kind, like fucking crazy. Um, you know, in ways that are shocking. Like I was literally walking into the courtroom to testify in the Gameshi trial and this woman was there with her seven-year-old son who brought him to meet me. And I'm huh. like, timing's interesting, weird. And so all I could do with this little guy, I was like, he had a little cute t-shirt because he's seven. Everything's right. cute. Yeah. And he had a little marker. And so I was like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? So I took a marker and I drew a big heart all over his, I love writing on clothes, big heart on his t-shirt. And I wrote my name and I was just, then I went in to get, you know, decimated by Kamesh's lawyer. But she, you know, that was something that was kind of like, there's kindness all over the place. And that's the stuff that's in person. But have, so that doesn't answer your question. How have I dealt with it? Really poorly. <laughs> I got really sick. I'm still really sick. Like yesterday at work, like I feel like I'm doing better. And when I say sick, like I'm not like, <laughs> but um, my, uh, my, my, my adrenal system collapsed because I was pumping out too much cortisol. Right. So, I mean, this isn't like going to be like a talk with Jonathan Torrance, although like it could be, you know, I could be, I am not funny like him. Uh, anyway, so my adrenal system just basically conked the fuck out because it had been in overdrive for years because prior to Gameshi, the trial, I had to deal with the prep for the trial. And I also had some catastrophic things happening personally because I had been in an emotionally destructive relationship with the nicest guy in the world. He was just misunderstood. So um, anyway, so this trial has been over for a while. Like I've been over the last year actively doing things to take care of my chemistry using like fucking unicorn stuff and horns and kitties, um, ma mainly just naturopathic stuff and lots of rest. And I was at work yesterday and this guy came up behind me and startled me. And I was creamed for the rest of the day because it it was a guy scaring me. And I, I've just heard so many <clears throat> thousands of stories of men scaring women or hurting them, whatever. This guy's harmless. He's like the loveliest human. Anyway, he scared me. I turned around and I was in front of a room full of people and I was like, never do that. So we're clear. And he could tell by my reaction that like I was not cool. Yeah. Um, so much so that today, when I saw him, the first thing he said was, sorry, Luz. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. I didn't sleep last night, but you don't know that I've got PTSD. And then he was like, yeah, it's shitty. And he realized shortly after, like right away, that you know I can't handle that. And so that, that's a bummer because um, I really thought that I had more than everybody else. And I really thought that I would come through all of that stuff. And never dip down into the darkness world that shit came from. And I mean, I was, I was at home for a year. I love the way I live. So that was good. But I was at home for a year. I mean, when I say that, I went to work every day. You know, I am in the Air Force and I go to work Air Forcing every single day in a fairly uh, high uh, like, um, kinetic environment, but I crawl home and just go to bed at eight o'clock every night. Like it's been quite shit. 
<laughs> just just like drains you out, you know, mentally and physically. Oh yeah. And I mean, so that having been said, um I like now I'm like seeing friends, but I'm still seeing friends I haven't seen in 2 years. And what to me is remarkable and anyone who has their chosen gang of awesome around them, like none of my friends, I, I went to a party and I just, I was kind of overwhelmed after having not been around these people for a while. And I said to the host of the party that I was so sorry that I hadn't been there. And he looked at me and he gave me a big hug and he was like, Luce, we didn't notice. Yeah, we didn't even care. <laughs> Which was, <laughs> the very nicest and the best thing he could say um because uh what he meant by that is like obviously space sometimes needs needs to be given and my friends have been able to give it and they still invite me to do stuff even though I said no for so long and their kids still make me go places with them <laughs> and uh people still like leave treats at my on my doorstep. I got home yesterday and there was like cat treats on my doorstep. <laughs> and I milked my birthday for two weeks. I had birthday cake every day from nice. different unconnected sources. And so all of this leads up to like next week I'm going on a cycling trip. I'm going for a bike ride around Tuscany. And this is a oh, gift nice. That's awesome. from some friends. Yeah, some friends um, banded together to send me on a trip anywhere. I mean, I had to get to where the bike trip starts, but they were like, here, you go on a bike trip anywhere in the world. And I was like, whoa, okay, cool. So I had to wait till I was well enough, which I'm like, not really well enough, but it's Tuscany and they have pasta. They invented delicious. <laughs> um, so that to me will be sort of the final mark of the end. Like, of course, there are more lingering things, but, um, I learned a lot over the last couple of years. And, you know, they say that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That is crock of shit. I was tough before. And a lot of what I learned, I didn't need to know. Um, and it's been deeply impactful. It's changed the way I deal with people. Um, and, uh, but I just, I just look so good when I deal with people that no one notices. Yeah, because I'm just gorgeous. But you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta think of all the people that you have helped as well. Like, I mean, I'm sure you're aware of it, but there's so many people that, you know, they're inspired by you. You know, especially coming out and, talk, and talking about it and and not running away when, it, when you know when things get got really shit. Like you didn't. You, you you stayed active all the time on on social media. I mean, that's that's amazing in itself. You like you like gave them like an open door, you know, because just like this person at the bike store store she had it pent up in there for over two years you know and and she sees yeah. you and 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 you just kind of like gave these ladies you know and a, men. there yeah, were and, men shit too like. oh yeah and, and men you can't you you provide you know you helped open a door for them to start telling people stuff you know it's what's happened to you you know like tell the proper people yeah, tell the proper people whatever that means to you. And it's not necessarily the 5-0, right? 
No, I, I mean, it's telling the, the whoever is the right person in your circumstance. Like you know, be, yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's a it's a complicated mess because um, there's no nuance in this business, and you know, anyone I think. I mean, I've, I, I don't know if you guys know of people who have been on either this, the receiving end of violence or on the using end of violence. I would imagine you do on both sides of that, probably. Like, I know men who've raped people, and I know women who've been raped or whatever, or not even to that extreme, like people who are kind of jerks or whatever. Um, but uh, you can be a person who's troubled and need help and make poor choices and then come out from that. But it's always in these circumstances because of the way we have been brought up, at least in this culture, all bad or all good. There's no room for the nuance and that's why it becomes a kerfuggled mess of shit. Anyway, that being said, um, it's, uh, been an interesting time and it's in a lot of yeah it's informed everything that i do when it comes to dealing with people so so like things are getting better for you i mean i know you say you're still not better but you are you're getting there basically oh totally yeah like i've been cycling lots in preparation for this trip where before i couldn't walk a kilometer without taking pause which is really sad for really anybody um and i've got people around me like i go i do stuff i go out at night i was late talking to you guys because i was talking to people uh and um work when this was all happening was sort of quiet and now it's very busy and it's fine and um i developed a really dark a very dark purview for a while i remember i was walking down the street this is a little dark anyway um, and I saw a plastic bag, and I was like, Ugh, there's probably a dead baby in there. Oh. And I was like, okay, that's, that's a little, that's a little <laughs> dark. <laughs> that's a little, meh, not fun. So, and luckily, I've got a sense of humor to be like, you know what, you're kind of being a jerk right now. All right, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> you know, like... But like talking with you guys about this, like like I used to talk about fun stuff, and with very few exceptions, um, over the, since this business broke about right around the time Gian Gameshi got fired, my conversations have changed like drastically and immediately and maybe permanently because I've been opened up to a side of the world that I didn't really understand was there, and that was that there is. Um, a lot of unspoken, there are a lot of secrets. And uh, unfortunately, people tell me them all the time. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, are lot, there are a lot of secrets. And what has been handy for me is when people tell me these secrets, usually I can find something in them that's just so ludicrous that I can make it funny to lighten up the disclosure. Because, you know, if... Like, imagine you're walking down the street and all you're thinking about is, like, you want... What's your... Okay, Gavin, what's your favorite warm beverage? Warm beverage. Probably, probably hot chocolate. 
okay, so you're like, fuck yeah, like, <laughs> oh man, I am going to get my favorite thing. Like all you can think about is like hot chocolate and like the mug, it's nice and warm. And you're like, yeah, that's happening. And then someone stops you and is like, hey, Gavin. And then they tell you, they have a look on your fa- their face and you're like, shit, that hot chocolate's delayed five minutes for sure. <laughs> and then they tell you to some degree about the most awful thing that's ever happened to them. And in that moment, you're like, okay, so you're everything right now, but I really just want to get hot chocolate. So it's like, I mean, it's, it's not happening as much, but definitely now it's more like once a week as opposed to several times a day. Holy shit. That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Once I was at, I was, I was at an airport. This is the day after the verdict for the Gameshi trial. I was at the airport. I was sitting on the floor because I was in Ottawa. You know, why wouldn't you? And it was super busy or something. Anyway, I was sitting. No, maybe I don't know where I was. On the floor. And there was this woman sitting next to me. And she was maybe 22. Like, she was a baby of a person. And she crawled over to me because that was the fastest way to get to me. And she started telling me, about how watching the trail impacted her. And she was crying so much that she was hot. Uh-huh. And I remember, like, and I'm like holding on to her in the middle of this airport. And I'm like, oh, honey, this is whatever happened to you. It's terrible. Like, so terrible that I can't relate except that when I was holding on to her, she was the age of she was whenever that happened. And like, what do you, it's so much energy to, to like, even though I can be Teflon-y and a little bit like I can, I can, you know, I, I am not, I'm not equipped. So, <laughs> like, um, okay. And then I just like get on my plane and like listen to a podcast. Like it just, it doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it changes yeah. the tone of your day, basically. It's changed the tone of my life. Do you think, like, a lot of people get away with it, you know, in court and all that, because they have money to pay off, you know what I mean, to pay no, off the people? I don't think it's about money. I mean, Gian Gameshi didn't give anybody any money to not say anything. He used other tactics. Um, either using, like, oftentimes people can say, they can put you into a situation where you're not sure what happened because it was confusing, or they will say that you won't get believed, or they'll make it seem like what's happened was your idea or your fault, or, I mean, and this isn't a new thing, this kind of thing has been going on as long as there have been people. You know, I have, um, I have a niece who is quite young, and I talk to her about consent all the time. I mean, I sort of talk about it inappropriately, because I'm like, can you ask your mother if I can consently, consensually kidnap you on Thursday? <laughs> She's like, you're allowed to consensually <laughs> kidnap me. Um, <laughs> it's ludicrous, because all we do is like make risotto. But um, That sounds cons- good. Yeah, it's fucking so good. And, like, she's really into it. So I'm like, honey, add some more cheese. But, yeah, it smells great. Let me know when you're done. Um, But, um, 
And I also keep trying to hold her hand. And she's like, don't want to hold your hand. And I'm like, you will. So that's a mixed message. <laughs> I have to work on that. That's <laughs> she finds me quite annoying. Uh, but um, I think that we have all seen the following where someone is with a child and they say, go give that person you've never met a big kiss. And they're made to do it. Yeah, we try not to do that with our kids. Like, well, not so much our kids because my son's only six months, but my daughter's almost three. And we, <laughs> we don't make a kiss anyone. If she doesn't want to give him a kiss or a hug, then we don't force her to. You yeah, can't, because that's fucking creepy. Yeah, you can't do that. It's not, you know, even with me, like I'll say, can I have a kiss? Like, good night. And if she says no, I don't push it. I'm just like, okay. Normally, because if I try to, she starts screaming anyway. So <laughs> she's easy okay, to so leave we, it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <clears throat> you're a creepy guy. But, um... <laughs> It's, it's something that, um, you know, people forget that children have boundaries and spaces. And I, had a ne- I have a nephew who's like, he's like a million years old now. But when he was little, he would not let me pick him up and kiss him. But he would let me, like, pretend that I was a squirrel that was going to eat him. <laughs> That's sort so of, much better, though, isn't it? So I'd be like, oh. And he'd, or he'd come and lie on my lap for me to, I wouldn't really tickle him. I'd just squeeze him. But if I went to kiss him or pick him up, he'd like totally wriggle away. So um, I had to, you know, he always called the shots on that. Um, and it's always hard because little kids are so cute. and You just want to smear them on bread and eat them in a consensual way, though. So, <laughs> but it's, it's so important. And um, it's something that uh, people are more aware of in certain circles. But like the whole lining up to sit on Santa's knee is a bit weird to me. Hey, yeah, is, yeah. yeah. And the Easter Bunny, and do you know what? I never thought of that before, but that is, isn't it? Like sitting on Santa's knee. I never until you just mentioned it. Now that is, it's really, it's quite inappropriate. Well, you don't know who's under that outfit either, you know. Well, yeah. also, apart from that, sit on this scary white guy's lap and tell him what you would like and whether or not you deserve it, and he's going to judge you. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it's that's, that's weird. That isn't it? Yeah, and then. When you're sleeping, he's gonna sneak into your house. Oh, well, he, he knows. He knows when you've been naughty and nice. Yeah, that <laughs> shit is fucking crazy. Thanks for putting that perspective and making me look at Santa different now. Well, I mean, <laughs> and leave a cookie. That's in, your payment. In Germany, they have a different thing where they leave their shoes outside, and then dude just leaves the shit there. Cool. Don't come into my fucking house. You're good. <laughs> Um, but I mean, like, you know, see, no fun. This guy, no fun. But it's, you know, serious stuff. And um, I do other stuff, though. I don't just talk about sad fucking... But, no, but so, well, to be honest, like, it's it's nice. I mean, it's not nice, nice, but it's just we weren't even going to talk to you about any of that stuff because we just, we well, we just felt it was your decision really but what i mean I'm, i can speak for myself to say i'm glad you did because i was interested to to hear you because i hadn't really heard you talk about it after the aftermath if you like i'd only heard all these stupid dickheads online just they're really active eh it's ridiculous and they're, they're all they all hide behind pictures that aren't even of themselves it's like a famous person or a cartoon character and it's like come on like man yeah, they, up. They, if you're gonna if you're gonna hide, give someone they... shit at least show your face I was speaking at a uh, thing in Vancouver for a legal society that works to help folks who are disenfranchised. And I showed up there the night after having given a, a chat 
which was a fundraiser with the, for them to talk about what it was like to testify in a sexual assault trial that was quite public and where people didn't people knew what happened and so it was sort of easy for folks to follow the story because I didn't like they're like you know they'd followed what had happened and the outcome and and the build up and and all this business and then I was there the next morning we were having a nice kind of informal breakfast together and every single member of the staff and every single board member got a phone call from somebody who was calling them to talk about how I was the worst person in the world. And I was like, let me answer the phone. Give me, come on. They wouldn't let me answer. But um, people, people will, would go out of their way to contact any organization I was affiliated with to talk about how I was a terrible person. They contacted the chief of defense staff via Twitter and the head of the Air Force and, and the head of the, well, the, the, the Canadian Armed Forces to see whether or not I was a person who should, you know, be in uniform. Oh, my God. And it's like, wow, for realsies. And uh, keep in mind that when I went to court to testify, I went in an, in an armed police car, and Gian Kameshi showed up in a limousine. Oh, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I was... Um, uh, not um, allowed to go of my own volition. I was, that was, that was, you know, bananas and uh, crazy. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> Considering. And then, and then that prick you know, shows up in this, in this limousine and it's just essentially, basically, it's, it's him saying, and no fucks are given whatsoever. Unbelievable. Well, he felt, I mean, you know, his life as he knew it changed drastically during this because he's no longer doing the job he was doing before. Um, and he's no longer under the veil, which he had before. Um, neither is he, you know, you know, the, the life that he had built for himself is different from what his current existence is. But um, his reality could be very different from what it is now, too. Yeah. But uh, he did show up and leave in a limo. And uh, <laughs> I'm just like, it's kind of just amazing to me. Like even, yeah, it was a totally crazy, amazing, weird circumstance where um, the trial, it was just, a, it was a weird thing to be part of. And it was so cinematic. It was bananas. It was the most cinematic experience I've ever been involved with, which didn't involve a literal camera. Um, but luckily the folks that I spent time with have got a sense of humor enough that I could explain it to them where they're like, whoa, that's hilarious and terrible all at the same time. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, go ahead. (laughs) I think it's just with, with you as well. Like, you know, you've been through all this trauma, but like you, when you talk about it, you're so... You you tell it in such an animated way, and you you're very funny because you kind of put like um you put like rainbows on everything, so <laughs> you know your friends are, you know they, they they know that you you're being really bubbly and stuff, but obviously they know what you've been through. But I think that's why you come across like you're you're really strong. It's because you've got this ability to just put flowers and rainbows on everything and make things not seem as bad as they are really, which is it's really nice that you can do that. Well, I mean, sure, but also I had complete strangers come up to me and say things like, oh, you don't look as gaunt as you did a few weeks ago. Oh. Huh. 
Okay. Why do people and... feel, feel like feel the need to say shit like that anyway? Like, what's the, what's the <laughs> point? Because they're not English. If they were English, they would not say that. But because they're like, yeah, I'm only I'm only rude to Scott. Everyone else, I'm really nice to. Oh yeah, yeah well. I'll say that again. <laughs> yeah. But the um, and also like um, you know, I went to a party, and I had a friend who was like, "It's nice to see you." This is a guy who I stayed with a lot when I was commuting to and from Toronto and um, I was staying in his house and he was, my body was there, but he, I was like, I thought I was doing a pretty good job of holding it together. And he's like, Oh yeah, no, terrible. Fucking bad. Really bad. Like, okay. Well, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I think um, people who know me, I was visibly shaken. And like, if you, if I, I don't know, if I look at photographs of myself, um, I feel, well, I mean, I can't bear, I, I feel like I look like a different person. Like I immediately after the trial, I cut my hair off. I can't bear it when people, I can't bear to see photographs that were taken of me. I can't bear to my, to see my own reflection. The disconnect between what I look like and how I feel is so much that, I just can't. I don't wear makeup anymore because I can't put it on. If you've ever tried to put eyeliner on without a mirror, that shit goes bad quick, like very quickly. <laughs> um, so it's been, you know, candidly, it's been um, really like, yeah, it's been. And I know that the trauma that I experienced from the trial it doesn't measure up with what actually happened. What happened um, was sort of inconsequential. And uh, really just a moment, as opposed to years of this thing dragging on and then the aftermath and then quitting the show. Oh yeah, and as a little feather, a week before I left Trailer Park Boys, my yoga teacher was murdered by her boyfriend. Jesus. Oh my God. And I'm just like, are you like, and like like the sweetest woman and like all she really wanted to do was walk her dog like any normal person and so i couldn't even be sad for her because i'm like oh you're fine <laughs> like that's done it's awful but but like this stuff is just it's very close so do you do you and, think do you think one day like <clears throat> you'll be able to to put makeup on again and grow your hair? Like, do you feel you'll be comfortable enough to do that one day? Or are you are you comfortable enough to not do that now? And... To grow my hair? I look fucking great with short hair. I, I, I actually think you do look great <laughs> with short hair. And you actually, you actually, I think, I think you go to the same place I go to. And I go to One Block. Where do block, you go? One Block. Oh, no. I go to Fred. But you were in One Block, though. How can I see, you not I, go to Fred? Yeah, how do Jesus. you know that I was at One Block? Because stalker. I... I know. It's do, do something like a stalker now. Because I, I follow them on Instagram, and a, a picture of you popped up. And you, your oh, hair looked, really? Your hair looked awesome. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, Lucy goes the same place I go. I did go there once. The last time I went... Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, I did go there. You're right. Um, so, yeah, I get around. Um, <laughs> you I give massages that's... there, don't you? Shoulder massages. Oh, yeah, it's because it's the Aveda business. Yeah, but that that threw me off because when I and I love my hairdresser. His name's Michael, and he's phenomenal. But when I went That's in, awesome. like I sat in the chair, didn't even know about this massage thing, and and he starts rubbing me shoulders, and I'm like, what the hell's going? I mean, he did ask me first, but I didn't really know what was going on. So I'm sitting yeah. there with my eyes closed, and I'm like, how far is this going to go? Like, is he going to start doing me legs? Like, I didn't know what was what was happening. 
But I loved it. It was amazing. And I've I've never gone anywhere else since. I just loved it. It's so good. Yeah. And men aren't used to being touched as adults in a way that's not sexual. And so it gets uncomfortable if someone is giving you a massage, especially if it's another dude, because you're used to being touched as a lead in to. Yeah. Like if you go for a massage, you you know, you you know what you're going to get going in. And even yeah. if it's another guy, you know what you're gonna get. But with him, I didn't even ex- I didn't know what was coming. I didn't know the guy and nothing, do nothing about him at all. And then and now it's like lovely, right? Now, I'll, now if he didn't do it, I'd be like, "Where's the mas- where's the massage, Michael? What's going on? You know, what am I paying you for?" Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's so funny. But you should go yeah. back there. Well, I I don't know. Like a I'm this person who's cutting my hair. I've known her since we were ch- kids. Oh, okay then. Fair no, enough. it's like, what do I do? But um. I don't know if I'll ever, I just feel like I look like a totally different person and I probably don't, but that's. No, you do. You, you do look different. You do. Cause Gavin showed me that picture of you and him when he met you uh, at TNT last week or whatever. And I yeah. was like, who's that? And then I had to really look, I'm like, holy shit, that's Lucy. Yeah. Y- you know, but where I'm that. from as well. I must say that like my, my mom would say this as well. That like when a woman gets to a certain age, they they look much better with shorter hair than yeah. they do with longer hair. Like my mum, as soon as she was like forty three, forty four, she, she cut her hair short like like yours is now, and uh, I could never imagine her with longer hair. Now I just I, she just wouldn't suit it. I just think I'm not saying you're old. This now sounds like I'm saying you're old. You're hey not, man, you're I'm forty seven. Yeah, but you look good for your age. But it's only but 32. because you're at that age, I'm thirty three actually. Fuck oh, it. geez, you got up there. You're older than Jesus. Well, <laughs> I, know, yeah, I don't wow. know. What... I looked and like him two years car- ago. I had, lo- I had long hair two years ago. I actually look like Jesus. <laughs> Do people is... like want to like, like chuck you into lakes and see whether or not you'd walk on them and stuff? Because yeah, I could talk. That, that happened a few times, yeah. He'd be a hit at a party, wouldn't he, if you could change water into wine? Sure, unless it's one of those AA situations, and then it'd be like, uh, awkward. Oh, yeah, that, that would be bad. <laughs> You're like, dude, like, uh, we're doing the 12 steps, and this is not part of it. Like, I know that. Stop you know, touching that damn water. Stop it, yeah. I said I'd see you on Sunday, now where you go. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if, if uh, I don't. I mean, at some point, I'm probably going to not have such a big disconnect. But, uh, um, yeah, like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> the whole circumstance is ew. I feel gross. Although I feel better physically, but, like, like I just can't. It's just all – I just feel lucky that the people whom I know um, and, and people who speak to me directly, like, I mean, Gavin, you're – oh, fuck, my cat just scratched my face off. Nice. All of it. Um, you were so lovely, and and when people talk with me directly, they're always lovely. Nobody has nobody would dare say something unkind um, because they're chickens, and also because I would eviscerate them with my particular <laughs> brand of magic. Like <clears throat> I invite any kind of challenge to how I live my life and how I present facts and and um, all of that because. Anyone who is against me in this stuff is fucking wrong. Well, like I, I saw you there, and I, I said to my wife, I was like, "There's Lucy there," and I'd, I've already met you before, by the way. I met you in 2014 at the Trailer Park Boys um, uh, third movie premiere at the Oxford. Oh, 
Well, it, was, it oh, wasn't the Oxford. It was, it was after the Oxford. It was at the uh, Toothy Moose. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite okay. brief, but I met you there. And then my wife was like, go and say hi. And I was like, she might not, she might not want to be recognised. So I didn't really want to come over to you because I didn't want, I didn't <laughs> want you to feel awkward. So I didn't say anything. And then we were taking that selfie. And then you were like, oh, you're doing it wrong. Let me, give me the phone. And I was like, okay, well, she, she's just approached me. So now it's fair game. So then we, obviously, say, we just got talking. I didn't, you, I didn't do you guys any favours with that. The light, it was shit. It was shit. Not really your picture, sh- but the light in general was crap. I don't know. But it, uh, um, my, you know, the folks, um, so when I left the show, I was super um, worried about how that was going to impact my relationships with people on the show. Yeah. And you know what? My relationship with everyone is exactly the same as it was before. Really? Everybody? Every single person. Like, all of the cast, all of the crew. Like, I... I never see Rob or Jape, but I, whenever I write to Rob, he writes back right away. And the um, folks who are on the crew are all lovely with me because of, we know each other. And, and I was concerned that um, by leaving the show that those relationships would not be available. And I don't get to see folks for two months in the summer which is a bummer, um, but that is something that I'm really happy about. Yeah. And, um, you know, my relationship with Mike Smith is no different either. It's the same. Okay, I was going to ask I was gonna ask about that, like what, what it was like, what it's like now between you and Mike. Do you, do you guys still talk? Or? Well, we never really did. We were never friends. Um, we worked together. We never spent time together socially except for, like, work-oriented stuff. Um, we have had very few conversations ever. Um, the longest conversation we had was shortly after he was arrested. Um, but, uh, um, like, I mean, I think it would probably be pretty... It could be probably pretty awkward if I bumped into him, yeah. but not for me. It's not wouldn't be awkward for me. Okay. But um, uh, my opinion of him is no different than it was going in, um, which may be saying a lot. But um, it's uh, uh, everything is the same. If that makes any sense, like no, there it does, are no. It does make sense, and it, but it's nice to know as well. Uh, you know, as a fan of the show, it's nice to know that there's no. No bad blood between anybody, and nobody took any sides or anything like that. And you know, it's, no, I mean, I, mean, I know you and Sarah, are you Sarah and Corey are still really good friends, and obviously you and Jonathan are friends because you guys you were there the other night. But yeah. I mean, it's just nice to know that not, nothing has changed. That's nice. Not really. I mean, like the three amigos, we never really, we never spent time socially. Uh, but if I was like to bump into John Paul at like fucking Costco, it would be lovely. Um, and, um, you know, Corey lives in my backyard or I live in his backyard, (laughs) depends on how you frame it. And, um, folks who are key crew members of the show, I'm in touch with a lot. And that's, that was something that I was concerned about because I thought that they were like the folks who were so vocal on social media going to be like, you're fucking kind, you ruined everything ever (laughs) but that being said i didn't quit the show 
like the publicist for Trailer Park Boys said that I quit the show weeks before I actually had. Yeah, right, I read and that. And like she said, oh, that's no surprise. Three weeks, she quit three weeks ago. This is no surprise to the producers. That's not true. And they never did a retraction on that. Um, I did have a very serious conversation with one of the producers of the show um, three weeks before I resigned. But I was not planning to quit. Things had to shift a little bit right. for me to work because I was beat up from the trial. But I didn't quit. So they just embellished it a little bit, basically. No, it wasn't an embellishment. It was a lie. Yeah, because she, she said didn't quit. that I had quit. And what happened was, I, the the National Post wrote, or rather, the Toronto Star wrote wrote to them and said, um, "Do you have anything to say about her quitting?" And the, they wrote back, "Oh, it's no surprise she quit weeks ago. It has nothing to do with it." And I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? I'm the person who let you know this happened." So it's it's it was very shady and. They never made a retraction to say, actually, yeah, no, that wasn't true. And so that was, they felt like, for whatever reason, they didn't need to make that retraction. And that's fine. But, um, and to be fair, the way I made my resignation public was extremely clumsy. But I was dealing with the aftershock of the Gameshi trial and the aftershock of a murder to, of someone close to me by yeah. an intimate you had a lot. You had a lot going on at the time. Yeah. Like so more more than like any one person can handle i mean all like within real close you know time frame of each other yeah so you know my gaffe was a clumsy exit but it's very clear that i resigned when i did why i did and i wrote a letter to or the email to the producers explaining what happened and why i was leaving and uh and their publicist lied and then immediately blocked me on social media. And I'm like, are you joking? Oh, my God. This is childish. It's childish. I knit her a scarf. Like, what the hell? So that was how she <laughs> dealt with that. It was a really nice scarf, like alpaca wool, like beautiful. <laughs> um, super long and, like, warm forever, beautiful colors. Um, but, you know, and that was a defense mechanism. It was to keep things from falling apart. And sure, so I'm the collateral damage. Okay. However, she didn't have to pay for that. And the guys didn't have to pay for it. They had to pay for it in other ways. I'm sure they were on deep damage control. However, my damage control was much pers more personal. Like, you can guarantee that nobody wrote to Rob Wells to say, you deserve to die. I wish you weren't alive. Yeah, definitely not. Or they didn't, he didn't get those threats. None of them did. People would be like, it's okay, Bubs. Everything's going to be cool. And also Jonathan Torrance, when he resigned... I don't know if he... I think he got a tiny bit of backlash. Incomparable. Yeah, but see, what they did when he left was they uh, they kind of announced it on their social media that, you know, Jonathan's leaving and we wish him well. And, and I think yeah, that I know. kind of helped him, but they didn't do that for you. Yeah, I saw that, actually. And I wrote, you guys wish me luck too, right? Yes, uh, that's right. I seen that, yeah. I seen that. Nothing. Totally nothing. And just, I'm like, come just on. Just a kick in the teeth, really, isn't it? After, you know... Given, given so much of your life to, to, you know, to the show. Well, I worked on the show for 17 years, and I was one of the original cast members before Mike Smith. Right, you were you were in that black and white movie. Yeah, and for them to like that was everybody was in damage control mode, and they didn't know what to do. 
And so that was the best they could muster? Sure. And as I said, I didn't leave in a way that was elegant. And that was also the best that I could muster at the time. If I was to do it again, um, I would do it better. Yeah. In a way that was probably more kind to everybody, except for anyone who'd done anyone harm. Because, um, you know, you got to be cool to people. But um, it was, uh, there was never any good lucks or I feel you girl or whatever. <laughs> but you know what, after I, after I resigned, I did speak with Rob and I did speak with John Paul and I did speak with this guy who recently started producing for the show and, and um, we had some pretty candid talks and there was no, I fucking hate your guts that went through that. It was all very like, what can we do to fix this problem? Because we have a problem, whatever that problem is. And, um, and we were all holy fucking, you know, like this has just become a sad, big, deep, quick mess of pits of despair. And I'm trying to throw in an awesome princess bride thing, but it's not really working. But it was like yeah. such a good movie. And Robin Wright's <laughs> such a babe. And now she's like the queen of the universe or whatever. Um, anyway, so in the end, um, as I said, things are intact as they, they are fine, I think. Like, I don't think that I'm in trouble with anybody. <clears throat> Not really anybody's in trouble with me except for, you know, whatever. And... Um, <laughs> Anyone who's not directly involved with this world, who writes to me and sends me emoticons of Pinocchio or fucking whatever, they really need to move on. Oh, no, and like, oh, just no. Get, get over it, for fuck's sake. <laughs> the show is still happening. Their life has not been negatively. In fact, I did them a favor if I was such a horrible person to watch. Well, that, that's just it. You know, if they don't like you, then, then surely it's a good thing that she's not on the fucking show, so fuck off on the rock. Pisses <laughs> Go. me off. Go bang oh, he, a cat. He, he goes on a tangent here. Yeah. So, anyway, that's um, whatever. And I know, like, I've checked it. I know that you talk with lots of folks from the show. Like, you had, um, I'm spacing, but I know that you had Lee. Did you have Lee on the show? Yeah, yeah Lee, he was just on with us the other day, too. Oh, right. And his perspective is totally different. Well, maybe he does. didn't even talk about this. Probably not, actually. He doesn't. Um, he is so, and it's not even because he, he likes to smoke dope. He's just so out of it he doesn't like not out of it in a bad way but he just doesn't care no yeah and we, um, we spoke with john dunsworth as well and not that we asked him but he he's another one who's just just he's totally on a different tangent completely so that didn't it didn't come up either with him nothing he's so did. great fuck he's funny oh he's awesome all of these folks well i don't really know lee but um jonathan and mr dunsworth and, and sarah and Corey and you know they're such legendary people they're such a good awesome folks and um have been jonathan has been such a kind champion uh with me as has Corey, as have sarah and we all uh just want good things to happen for everybody and um and so you know it's um and that's what we're striving for Jonathan is doing stuff he really is having fun with 
Like he's <laughs> the Taggart and Torrance. I've listened to a shocking amount of that podcast. Holy <laughs> shit! And Sarah, I don't see anymore because she doesn't live in Halifax, and we would hang out most on set. So I do miss that. Um, but uh, I mean, I don't see her because she's made choices in her life that make her happy. Yeah, she's so happy. I'm like, oh my god, you're so fucking happy, Jesus. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to not hear from her if she's, you know, doing stuff that makes her so, so joyous and, um, Torrens, I don't get to see much, but whenever I do, it's just like a pleasure because, uh, he's funny, huh? Smart. Oh yeah. I'd say 2 million. Hey, what's cracking, y'all? It's your boy, J-Rock. And you're listening to Major's Meth Hall Podcast. Gavin came here in June, or July, and uh, he wasn't used to how the traffic is here. Oh, yeah. Or the fact the AC in your car didn't work for four days in July. Wow. Ridiculous. Shitty. But that's what windows are for. Come on now. That's not what fucking windows are for. <laughs> I actually am with you on that one. Um, you, uh, How are things going with you and your president? You know what? Everything, there's so much drama going on, you know, and, and just craziness. Like what he said in Puerto Rico the other day, my jaw kind of dropped. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he's like, come on, Puerto Rico, you guys broke our budget. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like it was their fault, <laughs> you know? And, mm-hmm. and and then they asked him about gun control in Vegas, and he didn't, first time he didn't answer. I mean, no. he is a piece of work. Bless. Bless and Mr. The, T. <laughs> and now The Rock says that he's going to run in 2020. I mean, come on, this is just getting to be a big sideshow act here. Well... If they're letting it go that way, yeah. I mean, the At least Roth, he's a decent human being. Yeah, and and I actually, you know, the Rock, um, he's probably a nice person, maybe, hopefully. Um, the Rock. And if pile. he's not a good person, I will take him the fuck down. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, one of the fun sort of miracles of trailer park boys is one of the friends that i made on that show is silver screens academy award losing ellen page yeah and i got to know her when she was young well i guess i was also young on trailer park boys but we started to hang out as friends when she was older and i guess i was older too and like if you want to see an example of a person who has become famous and is using and like the trappings of that and is using their power for good who is a real human who like all she wants to do is pet all the dogs um that is her ellen is a gracious tiny sweet fucking human and right around the time she was going through the whole Oscar buzz. Uh, she was um, walking my dog pretty regularly because she was living in Halifax. And she'd always, 
And she knew that I wasn't really eating properly because I was too busy and I was also crazy fucking broke. And so she'd always leave snacks on my dog's kennel for me to eat when I got home from work. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Which is like the sweetest thing. And and she is um, someone who um, is just, I, I feel so lucky to have met her through that show because she is... Um, I'm much taller than her. Like I'm very much taller than her, which yeah, for me is always. She's different. tiny, but you're you're tiny as well, though. So how small is she? She is like kind of not much past my shoulders. Wow. She's tiny. She. I went somewhere with her, and somebody was like, "Is she your daughter?" And I was like, "I fucking <laughs> hope not, because she's dirty." <laughs> and I remember, just after, <laughs> just after X Men, the first X Men movie came out, she and I were out somewhere, and uh, somebody's like are you on X-Men? And I'm like, are you even allowed to see X-Men? Because she looks very young <laughs> because she's three apples tall, like a Smurf. <laughs> and uh, she's like, I'm not even allowed to go see that. I'm 14. And uh, obviously she wasn't 14. But uh, she is funny. And um, um, she's such a funny uh, human. And um, I feel like... Uh, She's one of the, another bonus from one of the best things, apart from Sarah and Corey and Torrens and those other folks. Ellen is just this weird sort of satellite or galaxy, I guess, which came from, that I, that I got to know from, from doing that project. And she is, uh, she'll outclass anybody in the room and then like make them all embarrassed because she's so far smutty. Hmm. I said smutty. Funny and smart, which turns funny, I guess. And she also is, um, she's so socially conscious and, um, and does her best to elevate everyone around her. And, um, do you keep in touch with her? Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, we sort of go in these things where we're not in touch much and then like a million phone calls and then nothing for a little while. And, um, she's, um, got a movie that just came out this week called Flatliners and, uh, oh, she's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Inter- I and I was like, have to check it out. it's so interesting, right? That's such an interesting choice for her. And she, uh, she did this show Gaycation. Have you seen that? No, no. Gaycation is where she and her friend Ian, it's a Spike, Lo- Spike Jones joint, um, for, um, Spike TV and she goes with him to places around the world and talk to gay kids in situations where it's not cool to be gay and where you can be killed for being gay and where your family will ostracize you for being gay and where you can be arrested and imprisoned and she walks around and, and talks to these people and they because she and Ian are so engaging and like mathematically hot um, that they <clears throat> Uh, talk to folks who don't have the voice that she has and they don't have the freedom that he has. And knowing that being gay in America and in Canada has its own drawbacks and trappings. I mean, Ellen didn't come out until she was like a woman, but she didn't just suddenly turn gay, you know. Um, She's, you know... um, using her voice that she now has to um, 
elevate folks who whose voices elevate the voices of people who are silenced because of policy, because of discrimination, and because of fear and ignorance, often under the guise of religion or whatever. And um, so cool, because a yeah. lot of people, like I remember once we were doing something and she said, I'm as old as Miley Cyrus. And I was like, holy fuck, you are making very different choices. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, whenever... Uh, she just, she just obviously like everybody does crazy things and makes bad decisions or whatever. But um, in Ellen's case, she is doing her best. Like she knows she makes flatliners and X Men and Inception and stuff. But she also is making this show called Gaycation, where she's confronting. In one case, she confronted a man who is by day a police officer and by night, or his not day job, he is assassinating gay people. Oh my god. And she's That's... interviewing these people as a as an out woman. I'm oh, reading up I'm reading up on it now. God he reads up on everything. Oh whenever I don't know something I like to look he it up. He's, he's forever on Google. Honestly, he just knows so little, Gavin. We just have to give him these little wins. No, honestly, no. he's he's hooked up to computers more than Stephen Bloody Orkin. He's honestly, he's <laughs> all the time. He's constantly at it, typing yeah, away. But is that bad? It's trying to like really learn good. more. You're stuff. bettering yourself, get you know. It's it's good. And no, it just says you know, like when they're in Brazil, they experience yeah. the most dangerous confrontation of their lives in the country. Yeah, with world. that guy. Yeah, so that I mean that's crazy. Now I'm interested in even seeing. It. I never even heard of it. And to see Ellen, to think that she's a threatening person to anyone, is crazy. And when I say crazy, I mean bananas because uh, she's three apples tall and she weighs four pounds. <laughs> and um, you know, um, her her weapon is her candor. And I got to say that. I find more and more that people who are in tenuous positions of power are more and more crippled by the wit of folks who um, carry their power in a different place. It's, it's interesting to watch. Um, and I saw an episode where it's in America that they shoot it, uh -huh. and there's just shots of her surfing. And she's so short that she has to carry her surfboard on top of her head rather than <laughs> under her arms. Her arm's not long enough. And she looks badass, but it's like, yeah, you're short. But um, <laughs> seeing her surfing in L.A., living her life as a free-out person when she wasn't always able to live that way and when she knows that in the world there are people who are unable to live safely like that. I was on an airplane and I was... I was crying airplane tears. They dry instantly, though, because the atmosphere is so dry when you're in the sky. Right. <laughs> anyway, that's a sidebar that you maybe don't care about, but it's hooked you up with an interesting show, and she's such a cool lady. Um, and uh, she surrounds herself with sweet people, and if I'm lucky, sometimes I get to see her when she's in town. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I enjoy, like, the movie, like... I know Juno, that's her big one, that, that she was up for, like, Academy Award stuff for and all that. Yeah, she didn't get that Oscar, poor thing. Aww. Right, you know, and I, I that was a good movie. And then I think she was in the movie Whiplash, but I think that was Drew Barrett. It was Whip It. 
Yeah, and Whip It. Barrymore was in it as well, as was Kristen Wiig. And that yeah. was a good movie. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so. She's but, done a whole bunch of movies that are good. Well, I guess I got to look them all up and uh, check a movie, them out. There's a movie called Hard Candy that she made when she was 16 where she entraps a pedophile. That's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. So, Tiger yeah. and Google it. I'm already, I'm already on it, man. <laughs> it is such an interesting movie to watch. And, um, yeah, I remember watching that movie, wondering where she got her depth for that one. Because yeah, you, you would, like, research it, you know, like that character and maybe feelings about the character and all that. So. But then you have to live it. It's interesting. She uh, really, that movie, I was like, how did you do that? And she did. She played a movie, she was in a movie with Catherine Keener where she was tortured to death. Ugh. But she also um, made Whip It. She's a little spitfire, that one. <laughs> and she also did the reboot to Flatliners, which I find so amazing. And X-Men, where she... Uh, yeah, she's great in X-Men. I like X-Men. She's, she's Kitty great. Pride. She is Kitty Pride. And, you know, nice. it's fun to tease her about that. I'm like, you're going to walk through that wall or do you have your keys? <laughs> <laughs> um, she's a great lady. Any chance to talk about how great Ellen is is a luxury. She's a sweetheart. Um, I feel like I'm just wasting your time now. It no, was. no, you, no, you're not. Right. I mean, you are a super interesting person. And uh, we... we here goes kiss ass number two right ah, here we fucking go told you told you go on just, just at least i admit it right i just want to <laughs> say you know because we're going to wrap this up and all that uh thank you for your time and and i know it's it's valuable time and and uh appreciate all the last you've given us over the years on trailer park boys for 10 10 seasons and three movies or technically four right and then oh fuck i don't know there were a couple of specials in there it was 17 years well, thank you for seventeen. I, I just started watching <laughs> Trailer Park Boys like seven years ago, and I honestly do you mean I just? Feel some... you don't go. I just started watching it seven years ago. That, that, that's not just. You say I just started watching it last week. Don't not put, seven anyway, years ago. There's I, I would cover in seven. Like you need seven years to cover all the stuff. Yeah, you can watch. I, mean, you can I would watch it never. Days. When I first started watching, I would have never thought that one day I'd be talking to you. Or John Dunsworth, or Lee, you know, and and I well, really... Lee was on seven years ago. Let's you know, he's a new, particular, right? Yeah, but yeah, sure. You know, but I I, I do, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm no. just saying. I I, I do appre- I appreciate it, and uh, it's been an honor talking to you, and uh, uh, yeah. Well, Gavin. thanks for your time. I mean, I guess like this wasn't really what you signed up for. No, you never know. Well, it, it, it wasn't, but it's better than what we signed up for. Right. What did you think was going to happen? What did you What did you well, think we were going to talk about? Well, and I said to him because he was like, oh, you know, he was nervous because he always gets nervous. Uh, and I, I just I, get nervous like a couple minutes before because I've never <laughs> met you, whereas he's met you twice. I'm not you that know? bad. We just didn't know what like what was a no go area and what like you know. So we had we had stuff planned to talk about, but it, like this has been much more interesting what to us. What were we going to talk about? Like what just were like you just like bike riding, and photography, bike and. Ride. Cats. Your cats was mentioned. We mentioned your and cats. A dog. Cats yeah. and bike riding. Jesus. Bike riding is dope. But, you know, yeah. last week or two weeks ago, a friend of mine was riding her bike. Check this shit out. 
Okay, so every time I go for a ride on my bike, somebody wants to teach me a lesson. Huh. They're in a car. Oh, Do you see God. the problem there? Yeah. yeah so my friend, who will remain nameless, but she's like, she's someone whom I'm not close with, but she has a, was impactful because I met her when I was like 20. She went for a bike ride on her way home from hanging out with somebody, and uh, she got hit by a car. Between 10 and 12 hours later, she was picked up. What? In that time, she was robbed by somebody. And when the cops picked her up, or whoever it was, emergency services, they found that she had been there unconscious for hours and that she had eight broken bones, a few broken ribs, a broken clavicle, skull fractures. Oh, my God. They don't know who hit her. She has, luckily, um, or whatever, amnesia about the accident. She doesn't know where it happened or when. What the fuck was that? That's crazy. It's terrible. And yeah, every time I ride my bike and it's, I'm developing a fear of cycling, which is a, well, I'm a, a fear of cars, I guess I should say, which is really handy when I'm about to go on a fucking Tuscany. several hundred Tuscan, several hundred kilometer Tuscan ride. But, um, yeah, she doesn't, it was a hit and run. And uh, I have another friend who, um, she was in an accident with a car. Is that a nice way of saying that? Um, she went over the top of her bars and broke her face. I mean, it's, you know. And not, uh, the statistic that I read was 94% of the time when there's a cycling bicycle um, and car interdiction, uh, the, the bicyclist is following the rules. And more often than not, when a cyclist and a car connect, it's a rear end. The car rear ends the cyclist. Wow. So it's like, mm. um, so uh, anyway, so if we were going to talk about cycling, I would have been another buzzkill. We should have stuck with the photography. Yeah. <laughs> oh, photography. Well, you know why I started getting into photography? I lived in Fredericton. Have you been to Fredericton? Yeah, it's boring. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, ball is so terrible. And so I was like, okay, I've got to find a jewel in this fucking turd. So I started taking photographs to find some magic in that ass of a town. <laughs> and try to take like, okay, this is the ugliest thing I have ever fucking seen. Where can I find some light and beautifulness? And that is sort of why I started taking photos more because I was like, fuck, like, for realsies, Ferguson is shit. <laughs> and like, no funswick, no kidding. Um, and, <laughs> what else are you going to do? Like, I'm going to go... And sometimes that was the only thing that got me out because I'm like, okay, I got to do something today that's productive. I guess I'll go look for a photograph somewhere. And I'd hop on my bike and look for a picture, take a picture and be like, oh, good, that only took 10 minutes. I can go home. But sometimes it would take hours. I'd be like biking for fucking like 100 kilometers. Whereas I can't find anything to take a picture of. <laughs> I was in really good shape because there was so much. After a while, you shoot everything around your house and you got to go to the next town. It's terrible. Yeah. You make you make a great tour guide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Note to self, never visit that town. <laughs> right, well, people, and then people are like, no, Fredericton's great. Tell me more. How long were you there? 
We drove through there on the way to Montreal. Fuck off. I was there for a day and I don't want to go back. It was boring. There's nothing to do. Nothing. Why were you there? Um, my my sister-in-law was in university down that way. Oh, okay. So well, we went to makes... visit her, but it was like, like as soon as you leave here, we're never coming back, and that was it. So we never went yeah. back. Yeah, don't never go back. No. Um, now my niece is currently living in Dublin, which is not Scotland. <clears throat> I'm but... not. I'm not Scottish, you know. Wait. You're not. You're from England. You're from Northern England. Yeah. You called me a Scot Where... early and I thought, I'll let that slide. Fuck, I'm so I thought, I thought if she does it again, from... I'm going to have to pull her up. I'm from Are you just... from Yorkshire? <laughs> no, close. I'm from just outside of Liverpool. Oh, Liverpool. you're from Liverpool. Yeah, where the Beatles are from. Yes, well, you, I you understand knew that. that. But more importantly, that's very close to Blackpool. Yeah, Blackpool's shit as well. <laughs> yeah, well, my family, my father's sister... um. Well, my cousin, who I'm going to see in France in a couple of weeks, she can't see me the weekend before because she's going to be in Lytham at a birthday party. So my father's family lives in St. Anne's. Ah, okay. Not terribly far from Liverpool. Not really. We were talking to um, uh, Shelley Thompson from Trailer Park Boys, and she was her husband is from exactly where I'm from, the same town and everything, and I couldn't believe it. Liverpool. From Birkenhead, which is is across the water. It's the same situation as Halifax and Dartmouth. There's a river running through it. So I'm yeah, on one so, side, Liverpool's on the other. But you just so say Liverpool. Saying, but she yeah, was like, oh, you, you, I, I detect an accent. She said, are you from Birkenhead? And I was like, what the, how the hell did you pick that up? And she said, oh, well, that's where my husband's from. I couldn't believe it. Small world. So funny. I'm so sorry about the Scottish thing because we all know it's not the same thing. Well, no. But I, it, normally it's like, oh, are you Australian? And it's like, no, I'm from England. And then they, they, they go, oh, yeah, same thing. How the fuck oh is God. that the same thing? That's not the same fucking thing. Because <laughs> we because we both say mate. Like that's that's the only no. similarity. We both say mate. Yeah, I lived in Australia. It's not the same fucking thing. Oh my no. God! When I was in Australia, I couldn't believe anything ever happened. <laughs> because um, I would ask somebody, "Do you know what time it is?" And you know what they'd say? Ah, "I'd be right." What? <laughs> You'd be right. No, I want to know what the fuck time it is. You'd be all right. No, is it two o'clock? Um, and schedule schedule is like uh, when will this be ready Friday Uh, which Friday (laughs) maybe right fuck off yeah weirdly (laughs) shit happens there but I don't know how it's like a Christmas miracle every time but they have really good weather and they also have wallabies yeah but they got all that other shit that bites you and kills you and stuff I I don't know yeah but But I do um, do like their gun laws like they don't uh, have guns that, that's they what I mean. I, I love the way it's handled. Like, I've got a friend that lives there, and she's been telling me all about it, and it's just like, why do we not do the same? Why does America not do the same? Like, it's unbelievable. Because I think that a musket is the same thing as a semi-automatic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I have access to weapons, and I have to sign a bunch of shit to use them in a very specific situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's because, it's, like, you can't just, like, get it. Ugh, fuck. It's just like... <laughs> Oh, I mean, that's a whole... I don't understand the gun business in the U.S., but I know that I won't go there until there's a better administration that runs with mock. Yeah. Not be The Rock. (laughs) Um, It would be cool if The Rock... He'd be like the second black president. Smell what the people's (laughs) champion's cooking. (laughs) I I could see him at the State of the Union address and how funny that would be. 
Well, no, it wouldn't. I mean, it would be funny, but I think that he, I mean, in order for him to do what he's done with his life, there has to be some substance. Yeah. Right. I do think so. Um, like, I don't think Ronald Reagan necessarily had a lot of substance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, but he was a white guy, so that was easier. But The Rock, I think that he has an elegance to him that actually that could work better than you'd expect. Ow, fuck. Mimi is the six-pound cat who is trying to turn off my computer because she wants to cuddle. Yeah, my cat's doing the same thing. She's crawling all over my lap and she's driving me insane. What color is she? I'm not being all, racial. All black. Oh, that's racial. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> ow. Sorry, I'm saying owl because my cat is like fucking digging in. Um, and um, I think that you've given me more time than you expected to tonight. You have other shit that you need to do. Um, thank you, you for you, a, you've given us you've given us way more time than we were we were even anticipating. So thanks, thanks so much. For you it. have lots to edit. Do you know what? I might, <laughs> I might I might not edit any of it to be honest. I might just unless you, unless you want something taken out. Yeah. Do whatever. Um, I obviously knew that when we were talking, it was going to be recorded. Uh, it's always, you know, like I never know what I'm going to talk about with folks. And uh, we kind of dove in pretty heavy. And you guys responded very graciously where there are folks who won't. Um, I hope that your night is awesome and that um, all of your dreams come true. I have a new Ikea shower curtain that I'm pretty pumped about. So oh, I didn't go there yet. I need to go there. Somebody went there for me because um oh okay sometimes that's good so thank you again for your time and if uh you have anything that needs clarification when you're cutting let me know okay we'll do and i really hope that at some point again i'll bump into you somewhere because it was such it was such a delight seeing you out the other day because i didn't honestly didn't expect to see you at all so well i want to come to your pub crawl in may Oh, you sure? You know that. what? You should. And even if it's even if it's not the pub crawl, it would be nice to just go maybe go for a coffee or something. You know. Yeah, I'd love it. Okay. Um, I'd love I'd love to meet you. Because you guys are sweet blokes, so uh, let's um let's hook up when you're here. Because I'll be around. I think for most of May, I'm going to walk across the Pyrenees, but I could delay it a bit if I know when you're going. We're we're <laughs> coming in. Uh, what is that? May eighteenth, nineteenth. It'll probably be on uh, May nineteenth on a Saturday. Wow, you've got it at like seven. Um, okay, well, <laughs> probably noon. <laughs> noon. Okay. Well, yeah. Let me know, and um, that'd be dope. Thanks, right, Lucy. Thank you, Lucy. Ciao. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey, what's up? This is Brad. This is Devin. And Rich is looking down from heaven, and we're at the phone when you're listening to a major's mess hall. Craig, back announce it. God's sake. Fucking hell, mate. Be happy. I, I hate doing these things. You got, the only way you're going to get better is to keep trying. No, I've done it loads of times. Still not good at it. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, guys, that was the interview with Lucy Decatur. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, yeah. That's it? Yeah. Okay. Right, anyway, yeah, guys, so before we go as well, I have to say that we have picked a winner for our Trailer Park Boys uh, beer and uh, whiskey competition that was running on Facebook. Picked the name earlier. Winner is 
uh, Chelsea Nicholson. So Chelsea, get in touch with us and we will take your address and we will get that stuff mailed to you. You've won two cans of Freedom 35 beer and a bottle of uh, Lickerman's Old Dirty Canadian Whiskey. Congratulations. Everybody else, we will be doing it again soon, so just stay tuned. Scott? Congratulations, Chelsea, and uh, don't drink it too fast. Or at the same time. Great. <laughs> that there. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hot potato between us three. Scott, Craig. Just, just Scott's just saying my name. I know, yeah. I chucked it no, to I him just, and he just fucking I, throws it to you. He's no, like that no, kid I in said, basketball that doesn't want the ball. He's like that kid in rugby that doesn't want the ball. No, I said, congratulations, Chelsea. Don't drink it all at one time. And then Craig dead-aired it. <laughs> well, so, I'm sorry, but what the fuck were you supposed to be supposed to say? You're supposed to congratulate her on winning a freaking the prize. Jesus Christ. Stressed. <laughs> Do you want to do it then, Craig? Yeah, congratulations for fuck's sake. What's your name? <laughs> then hell. Oh, fucking hell. I apologise for that. I apologise. So sorry, to... Chelsea. Yeah. Right, okay. So that's episode 58 in the bag. We'll be back for episode 59. By the way, we haven't done a uh, Thanksgiving special this year, mainly because it's irrelevant, and I'm sick and tired of singing Jason and, the, and Jesus and the Argonauts. So... Uh, happy Thanksgiving to all our American listeners. See ya. See ya. That's disappointing, man. Well, what do you want to do? How... This is the Thanksgiving episode, then. Jesus and Argonauts is tradition. Well, I can't do it because I haven't got my guitar. So I, I did say last year that I wasn't doing it anymore. So there, there you go. Right, okay. Let's trot. <laughs> See ya. Trot. Scott. What? Say bye, you ignorant cunt. Oh, bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>